Smell my finger. What? You don't want to smell my finger? Come on, come on, just smell my finger. Well, that's what's coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Well, I'm working on my farm and figured I'd talk about that. So here in Southern Oregon, our well ran dry. I mean, right now it's snowing and raining and it's full again, but it ran dry for maybe two to four weeks. And this had happened pre, uh, two, two or three years ago, so I was kind of ready for it. And I have, I think, what's called a shallow well. Like most wells, you go way deep into the ground, you know, hundreds of feet, possibly thousands of feet. And it's kind of like drilling for oil. Like you have a, a pipe that you use to drill down, and then you replace it with more pipe. Anyway, you just you stick pipes that are maybe four inches in diameter deep down into the ground and then you find the aquifer and then there's a the pump is a little skinny long pump that goes down the, to the bottom of the pipe and shoots the water up from there but that's not what i got i have like what's called a shallow well so it's just a culvert basically a backhoe dug a hole as deep as it could and then it stuck a culvert into that hole and then filled the hole back up and so i think my well is it's about 12 feet deep and just where I live, it turns out that groundwater is, you know, most of the year it's like eight feet down. So, you know, if, you're, if your well is 12 feet deep, you got four feet of water in a big-ass culvert, so that's good. But in the summer, it doesn't rain much in southern Oregon, and so it just, you know, the, instead of the water being eight feet down, now it's nine feet down, now it's ten feet down. You can imagine, if it gets down to 12 feet below the uh, surface of the earth, below the ground, um then the well doesn't work, it goes dry. And so like I say, two or three years ago, it ran dry, I wasn't ready for it to run dry. I mean basically, I don't even go look at the well. Why would you even look at your well? You don't, just water magically comes out. But then all of a sudden when you turn on the faucet and there ain't nothing there, then you have to go look at your well. And I can't remember exactly what I did, but I guess I just muddled through, took less showers or something. I, you know, I really can't remember what I did, but it rained soon after it went dry that time and so anyways and then the well was fine so that's how i got through that one i got through it by something i don't remember and then it rained but i wanted to have a better solution than that and so what you do is you get yourself a big water tank and so i have a shallow well pump which means that instead of going to the bottom of the well and shooting the water up you can set it at the top of your well and it sucks the water up and so i've got a big water tank you fill the water tank with water and then i just ran a hose I'm in a special, a very special PVC plumbing, flexible plumbing hose from the water tank to the um, pump. And then like instead of the pump taking it out of the well, it's taking it out of the tank and then Bob's your uncle. And the tank isn't that big. It holds maybe about a week's worth of water. But luckily there's another, there's another well on the property that's far away. And you just run hoses from that well, basically, over to the tank. So once a week, you got to fill up the tank. And that's another shallow well. It's just deeper than the one for the house. And if that one goes dry, then you'd have to... You can, you can, you can order trucks. that You can get water trucks. Water trucks can come in and put water into your tanks. So, you know, if everything goes to crap, then you just start buying water from trucks as if you're buying... Like, you know, we buy our propane from a truck that brings it out. We buy our oil from a truck that brings it out. I guess we'd be buying water. And so I'm about to get to the stupid reason why I'm telling you all this.
But like I said, so right now we're running off the tank and that means that there's a different pump. There's a gasoline powered pump that runs all the sprinklers. Irrigation, basically we got an irrigation pump, a gas powered irrigation pump. And so that's the thing that has given us the water to fill the tank. And my roommate is always freaking out that it's gonna freeze and then that will bust open the irrigation pump. Like, you know, in the winter you don't need irrigation and so you, you, you drain the pump so it can't get full of ice, which expands and blows it up. And so I'm not done working on the house well. Like I'd like to, I've been working on this project for two years off and on. And I can kind of see a light at the end of the tunnel. I'd like to finish it now and just never have to think about it. And then every time the well runs dry, I just go out there, it takes five minutes and I switch over to the tank, blah, blah. That's the goal, but I'm not there yet. So one thing you can do is you can just drain the irrigation pump. Basically every time you run it, you can run it and fill the tank and then you can drain the irrigation tank, which when you drain a pump, it means you have to prime it afterwards. It has to be full of water to work. It doesn't fill itself with water and then start working. You gotta fill it. And so I went to the grocery store yesterday. Oh God, that was a nightmare. Anyways, I had a flat tire on the way back, but I got to the grocery store and just for whatever reason, there's just a certain parking spot that I like. I just like it, you know, sue me for, you know, try and get blood out of a stone. You can try and sue me if you want for liking this parking spot, but I just like the certain parking spot. And it's next to one of those shopping cart corrals, you know, kind of, you know, the place, those, those spots in the parking lot of a supermarket where you put your shopping cart so you don't have to take it all the way back. And when I go to the supermarket, I try and go like so early that it's not crowded. And usually what that means is that there's no shopping cart in the corral. So whatever, I have to go to the, the main shopping cart storage area to get a shopping cart. But yesterday there was one shopping cart in the corral right next to where I parked. But that shopping cart, the one shopping cart in the corral next to where I parked, it was full of a bunch of trash. But whatever, I'm kind of a trash picker. Not really, but I'd like to be a trash picker. Sometimes I watch, watch trash picking on YouTube. There's like whole channels where they just go out and like, you know, maybe dumpster dive. Usually they just like, oh, here's the road where everyone sets out all their junk, you know, next to the garbage can and you can pick it up. Anyways, I watch videos like that. I'd like to be a trash picker. I think you have to do that back east. Back east, like I know, I, I know a guy in New York. Like he's always tur he's turning down like multi-thousand-dollar armoires and stuff that people are like putting out because they're so damn rich. But where I live, the trash is generally like, you know, it's like Haiti. It's like the kind of trash they have in Haiti or South Sudan, which is to say, plastic junk trash, possibly covered in fecal matter. But I got lucky, and it was a higher quality of trash. What it turned out to be was a bunch of one gallon, I'm gonna read it right now, best yet spring water. So it was a bunch of one gallon water jugs. You know, it looks like a one gallon milk jug, but it was used for water. And on my farm, it's a very useful thing. A one gallon, one gallon of water with a handle is just a very useful thing. Sometimes you just need some water for whatever it is you're doing. Maybe you're watering a plant. Maybe you're priming a pump, etc. And so I was like, sweet. And so I got free, I got four free one gallon water jugs. And like, I don't know what the previous owner of these water jugs did. I imagine maybe they tried to return them for a bottle deposit and 
you can't return them? I'm not sure. But like, you know, here's the question. Do they put poison in them? Like, would you would you put, uh, you know, poison in your used one gallon spring water bottle jug and then put it in a shopping cart and then leave it there so that someone is going to put some water in it and then drink the water from it and die? You know, would that be like a, just a long thought out, you can never get caught kind of murder of a random person terrorism? And so the answer to that obviously is no. No one's going to bother to do that stuff. And I'm not going to drink out of these water jugs. I'll buy a new water jug if I was going to drink some water out of a jug. I feel like there's a better word than jug. Milk jug? Does milk come in a jug? I don't know. But anyways, I'm not going to put water into these jugs and drink it. So there you go. I've, I've defeated the terrorists this time. But I was thinking about it, and so here's the, this is the, the, every bit of this story is just because of this. This is what made me think of everything. As I was like, I ain't going to drink out of these jugs, but, you know, the, the, the previous owner could have done something funky. And so, you know what I did? Is I unscrewed the cap, and I smelled the jug. And it smelled funky. Like, I don't know if it smelled, I don't know. I don't know what the smell is. It wasn't exactly like a rotten food smell, but it wasn't exactly a plastic smell. And it smelled funky. So I smelled it. I thought about it. I smelled it again. And I still couldn't decide what that smell was. And so I grabbed another one of these ju free jugs that I found in a shopping cart. And I opened off, I took the cap off of it, and I smelled that jug. And that one just smelled like plastic. And, you know, it's an empty plastic jug. It smelled exactly as it should. It smelled like plastic. And so I went back to the first jug, and I took the cap off again, and I gave it a third sniff. And it smelled funky a third time. And so basically I broke my own rule, sort of. I have, a, I have a general rule that if someone says, hey, smell this, I say no. I mean, if someone is standing next to a rose bush and is like, hey, smell this, and I can see what they want me to smell is a rose, then fine, I'll go over and smell it. But if it's anything else, if you know, the, the answer to, if you want me to come over and smell something, my automatic answer to anything other than like a flower is no, I don't want to smell it. You, you're not asking me to come over there and smell something good. You're asking me to come over and smell something bad. And I don't want to smell something bad. But there's something about the human brain and evolution. And I'm not even going to try and figure it out. You know, the reason why men are hunters and women are gatherers. And then all of a sudden people want you to smell funky smelling stuff. But I'll tell you, I couldn't help myself. I almost smelled that funky smelling jug a fourth time. But so I'm going to fill up these jugs with water and I'm going to set them next to the irrigation pump and then we can drain the pump and then prime the pump right back up and keep using it even though it's cold and my roommate is freaking out about all the pipes freezing, which they never do in Southern Oregon. And if one day I go out and see that the jug itself is frozen, that we drain the, we drain the pump and the jug itself is frozen, then I will know that was the day that the pump, the pump would have gotten destroyed. And if the water in the jug stays um, liquid, then I will also know that the pump was never in any, any danger. And so that's life on the farm. Um, you know, like on, on this farm, at one point there was bees on this farm. So it was like, like you know, like a ranch, you have like a, a thousand head of cattle or whatever. You, call them, you, call, you count them by heads for some reason. So at one point there was bees on this farm. So you had like... 10,000 head of bee. 
So I don't know. I don't know if that's a farm. It's kind of like being a pro athlete. You know, you may be amazingly good at a sport, but you're not a pro unless you make money. And so I don't know if I'm really on a farm. Can you be on a farm if you don't sell anything? Like I should sell something, anything, just any, any one thing once a year for $1. And then I can say I'm on a pro farm. You know, I, I produce stuff and I sell it for money and I'm a, I'm on a farm. So, so I don't know if I'm on a farm because I don't sell anything. I don't know if you can be in a, on a farm if you don't make any money. It's not a business, but it's fun to call it a farm anyways, I guess. And I wanted to say this yesterday when I was talking about economics and America and China fighting over computer chips. And so America has a rule that you cannot sell the, you know, the, the latest model of computer chips to China if even the slightest bit of American equipment is, you know, has been used to make that computer chip. So, you know, I mean, the, the, the machines that make the chips are the size of factories. You know, it's a, you know, it's a cross between a, a single machine and a factory all in one. And if there's even one bolt in there that's made in America then you can't use that machine to sell chips to China. And that's fine, you know, we're trying to bend China over a barrel, we'll see if it works. But I guess the, you know, the current top of the line chips are called five nanometer. The smaller the number, the more fancier the chip. And so after these five nanometers, they're gonna have like three nanometer chips. And I'm pretty sure America's gonna say the same thing, like, whatever. As the chips get fancier, America's gonna continue this thing where you can't sell chips to China, basically, if you want to be friends with America. And in a couple years, you know, the five nanometer chips, that's just going to be standard stuff. And then the three will be the cutting edge. And so basically, all the normal chips, you can't sell them to China. Like, that's where we're headed. We're headed towards the thing where you can't sell any chips to China. Right now, we're like, you can sell the crappy ones. But we're heading towards you can't sell none. And so the idea is to put the squeeze on China. But I was listening to... Uh, Slate Money podcast, and I think they said something that was kind of interesting. Things may not go the way America wants, and what might happen is people just start making all their machines and all their factories without anything that's made in America, and then you can sell whatever the hell you want to China. And so all the American businesses that are selling that very special bolt, that one special bolt that is needed for the machine in my hypothetical... Um, Whatever, they're not going to be able to sell that one bolt, that bolt that they get a million dollars for. And so, it may blow up in our face. It may mean that the whole world, I mean, we don't know. It's kind of like, who, who, who's friends with who? You know, we're like, hey, everyone, get on our side, and we'll be against China. And then it may be like, China's like, hey, everyone, why don't you get on my side, and we'll be against America. And so, there are possible downsides. I mean, I'm sure there's probable downsides. There's all sorts of possible and probable downsides that I don't even know about. But anyways, that's one of them. I, just, I, I wanted to say that in my last podcast, so I'll just throw it in here. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.